Hello, everyone, and welcome to Waiting to be Signed, the show where we reveal the week's events on FX Hash. My name is Trinity, and I'm joined by Will. And before we get started, just a quick disclaimer. We are here to talk about art, not just the aesthetics, but the money surrounding it, as the market is a key part of FX Hash. That said, nothing we say here should be taken as financial advice. It is for fun and conversation. You can follow us on Twitter at Waiting to Sign to keep up with our thoughts throughout the week, or for those who prefer visual language on Instagram at Waiting to Be Signed. If you are feeling generous, we are also always accepting donations, including tokens at our Tez wallet address, waitingtosign.tez. With that, good morning, good morning, Will. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing well. It's a sleepy Friday morning. We're trying to get this done before we have to do our respective work for the day. I've got a doctor's appointment. I've got to take baby pop too. So you know, this is the first time I feel like we're actually really, really crunched to get it done. But luckily, we're hyper-organized and ready to go. We're always hyper-organized and ready to go, but just sometimes we tend to uh, patter on. But maybe this will be one that we get it under a tight 115. That would be great. Instead of, instead of editing down to 115, maybe we end at 115. But yeah, see, this is exactly the type of diversion that, that costs us precious time. So what should we talk about this week? Should we start with, there's really no news. We have, do we have literally no news this week? I think it was a really slow news week. I'm trying to think of things like Tez didn't implode. There was some drama it's on up. Solana. Tez is up. Wow. I don't know how to cover the Solana drama. There's like some, there's multiple things. It's, it hasn't hit my podcast yet for me to know kind of all the news and what's going on. So I don't know if we can regurgitate it here. The interesting thing about Tez going up is it did kind of restructure some of the projects that we talked about last episode when I was doing the USD conversion, but I'm not going to do a proper updating of that probably for a minute. But yeah, definitely some of the projects like Loom that were underwater in USD terms are now above with that like 30% rise in Tez. So delicious. Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> yes. That means that we're going to get into another bull run, right? Uh, I don't know. Ugh. I have no idea. I This is so beyond us. I think, but it would be fun for sure. Yeah. I mean, the TLDR is Tez is up, Solana's down. <laughs> yeah. Metaphorically speaking. Uh, maybe before we just uh, move on, we can just go through some of our donations of the week. I've got a UDC 0197 from Threshold, which is a drop on Versum. A Lisfig 1.5 from Matt W. Adherence from Bfos. Kilt from Flynn's. A Bloody Mary by Mancha Code and a Space Bubbles, Bubbles by Johanno from Fojibus, Entangled Layers by Forletti from Paolozzi, and a five test donation from Lil Saturn. So thanks, everybody. Always appreciated, always much loved. Yeah, thank you so much. Well, in the interest of expedience, should we just roll right into our favorites of the week? Yeah. Secondary pickups, however, we want to talk about them. Yeah, when you have a hard stop, you you go. Got to get We're rolling pop. this week. That's it. This is just all content. It's it's all killer, no filler this week. So, do you want to go first? I'll go first. Um, one of my favorites of this week was something that I saw come through uh, in the incoming. I really stopped to admire um, Magnolia Portrait by Alvis Lee. Uh, it's a 247 edition project that was a Dutch auction that started at 89 and went down to 24, which is where I believe it settled. And this is one of those projects that is so textured, so beautiful. You know, it's inspired by flowers and it's just this, even the drawing of it, it's this growing, this layering, and like 
like splashing all over the place. And it reminds me of a little bit of that William Mapandrop anticyclone a little bit where it's just like those extreme textures and with like the amazing colors and the shadow and the light. And it may be crashing my browser right now, but <laughs> maybe it's something else is crashing my browser. But it's just really beautiful. You know, it's so fabric-like and like, almost like a tapestry. And it's beautiful. I think it's one of those ones that the thumbnails won't do it justice. You should open it up bigger in like a full screen browser, get your monitor out and throw it up there. And it's just really comes to life. I think I see you looking at it. I'm looking at it. I totally, I, maybe I saw a few of these in the sales feed, but I didn't really look at them closely. And yeah, looking at them even in a slightly bigger view and getting a sense of the texture, like the very linen-like quality to them. And some of them even have little aspects of the swooshes that look like they kind of fray and it helps reinforce mm -hmm. some of the thread-like quality to the the texture here. The color choices are wild. Like some of them are really subtle and you know almost monochromatic while others have really great contrast like yeah this is an awesome drop this is this is just another another one that almost feels like wasted in this time that we're in in fx hash like in another era in another market this would just have i feel like blown up absolutely yeah i mean it's really interesting to me because it is so pretty and it's weird because it's not in like the top of sales for the week when it comes to secondary performance it's a little bit below mint. I think I saw yeah, some go for pretty low. Right yeah, lowest sale was 19. Jeez. And I think this kind of feeds back into that conversation we were having last time where it's like things that mint out higher, like really good for the artist. You know, obviously you get your sell out, you get a ton of primary, but then just people aren't interested on the secondary for whatever reason. And I think it's such a shame. You know, yeah. if this had been one of those like five test drops, I can see it have the secondary having exploded completely. This could easily have been like a five or 10 Tez mint that held a floor of like 30 or 40. And it's just this weird psychological thing of like missing out at a low price somehow begets a higher floor price than you would have gotten on a Dutch auction. But it's just a continuation of the theme, right? Artists yeah. intentionally or not, and probably in this case, and in most cases, not intentionally trading primary sales for hype and floor. Yeah, I don't think this should have been sold at five or 10 necessarily, not at all. But you know, that's where you have to come up with what are you trying to do with this drop? And it's just so crazy because I feel like it's so good. And I just love it so much. This is one to watch, especially if the floors keep coming down. And it seems like such a good value for where it's at even now. And even like Alvis Lee's other work, um, you know, which is like based off the thumbnail only, like things are a little bit like similar to each other, but they have like this like really nice flowy, organic, like fluid mov movement. And you can kind of see that pulled into Magnolia portrait as well, but with just some extra details and layers on top. They found some good math <laughs> that, they, that they've been, you know, experimenting with. And this execution though, just is way more aesthetically pleasing to me, I think, mm -hmm. because it's kind of flatter and that the addition of that texture, whereas the others have a little more of dimensionality to them a great pick i'm glad you you called this one out because it was really one that i had i had missed for the week yeah cool well let me talk about a couple of pieces that i picked up this week on the secondary and are also my favorites so i'm going to start with ross goodwin who released a project called a clock this week and ross has had some other work on the platform 
that I hadn't really paid attention to. All of it's been pretty recent too. I, I think he's just kind of emerged on FX Hash. So he had a project called Context Free Wind and Diamond Fractal Fire from the last few weeks that we didn't really talk about, both of which are kind of like generative writing, generative poetry projects. But here he is uh, this week with A Clock, which leverages public domain text that features words uh, like hour, minute, o'clock, in the morning, and also numbers, you know, literally typed out. And it, it literally is a working clock that excerpts paragraphs from all these various documents that I guess he's somehow wrapped into like a, a JSON file. I haven't pulled down the code. If you run it, it changes every minute and it'll serve you up a whole new block of text that describes the time and it, it highlights out the words. And it's just like this very novel way of creating a clock and the generative side of it kind of comes into like the font choices, the colorways, the bezeling, which is basically just a box <laughs> around the paragraphs. But mm-hmm. yeah, this was just to me a really interesting execution on the platform. I got a couple on the secondary. I missed the mint. It was a really cheap mint. It was only Fortez. I ended up getting them like in the 18 to 20 range. And I think they're still hanging around that area. Because of my intrigue, I clicked through and learned a little bit more about Ross and found out that he was actually involved in a band that we both liked from a long time ago called Yacht. Blast from the past. Oh my God. Yeah. And they they had a Grammy nominated album a few years ago. I remember even hearing about it because they used um, Markov chain generation or a Markov chain algorithm to design the lyrics for the album. And maybe even there was some generative nature to the music as well. I'm not sure. But so he was involved with them, helping helping them with the technology to produce the lyrics there in that kind of experimental thing. And he, he's done a bunch of other stuff. So, yeah, I just wanted to highlight that one as one of my favorites because it's just very interesting, very different, not a traditional FX hash drop. And he actually has one more up in the queue right now to come out on Sundays or the day that this podcast releases called a watch. And this looks like it's a variation here. That's much more compact than what he did for eight clock, but the same idea. How do you feel about that? Uh, I don't know. It's, I, I honestly only just looked at it. So I haven't read his description of it even to yeah. know how he differentiates it here, but I mean, technically Grammy award winning artists were nominated. Yeah. Technically. He's been involved in film and doing stuff like some films yeah. that have used entirely generated scripts, like he's had a hand in helping them. So if you check out his website, it seems like he has got quite a big career outside of even generative art as like we would know it here in, in the NFT world. So yeah. just Super throwing it out cool. there. And then on yeah. the secondary, I did finally pick up a Quantum Folly <laughs> just this morning from Crankarta. Was the floor lower than what it was when we talked about it last? I think it's basically been the same. So... But there was one that I actually really liked. It had a lot of little recesses in the in the surface there to create a lot of like cool shadows. And I, I liked the color palette a lot. So just seemed like the right time to do it. Thank you for following through on things that I think we always say. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel like I have so many projects that I've like bookmarked uh, to go back to, but it's hard to psychologically do that, like in such a, like a weird market. Wait, I just realized... We missed a super important piece of news. We did? Yes, we did, which is an announcement that we're releasing our next token. <laughs> oh, yeah. Our next waiting to be signed collaboration token. 
I can't believe we blew past this. We, here we it's are coming out this week. So organized. It's, it's coming out the Tuesday after this episode. It'll actually be in the queue now as you're listening for you to play with it. Maybe you've already seen it already. Jerez has been teasing it and we've been retweeting some of the outputs, but it's a really cool. I mean, honestly, I think you should kind of talk about it more. This is like your passion, Trinity. So kind of describe the idea for this project and what people are going to be collecting here. You know, we had been talking about doing a collaboration for a little bit and they came up with like, hey, I've been looking at all these like retro posters. They're really cool. Like just the the um, graphic design of them, especially throughout the ages is like super fascinating. And, you know, I'm a huge Olympics head, less so in the in the years since I don't have a TV versus the years when I did have a TV, aka in my youth. It's one of those things where it's, it's so special and meaningful with the athletes coming out and doing this cool, crazy thing. You know, it makes me cry, as many things do. And yeah, we just decided to go with that and run with that. And, you know, it's really been a, a fun effort. You know, obviously a lot on the Jarrah side, but Will and I have been going through and having more ideas as to how we can, like, you know, collaborate and have inputs into this poster. And it's just like very typical Jarrah's, I would say, with like the amazing colors, like the amazing lines and just the patterns um, and the, the swooping. And then just with, you know, that iconic quintessential waiting to be signed to really kind of pull that retro vintage poster feel together. It's awesome. It's really fun. And I think we're shooting to do a few more here because there's there's some nice uh, variations in there, some rare ones to be found. There's like a, a theme where sometimes you can get one that's like a silver, a bronze or a gold, like bordering to kind of, again, play into the Olympics theme. So it's it's so amazing that artists are willing to donate their time like this. And um, even it's, even recently, I don't know if you saw this week, some people on the secondary were picking up some of the last project, the logo yeah. with friends. Yeah, the quad, right? You know where it's all four quadrants are the same artist, and you know I think that's a project that honestly, it's super accessible. Uh, I think the floor is disastrously low. We got destroyed <laughs> and heavily flipped. But I'm so happy to see that actually, just because. If you want to support the show by, you know, picking one up on the secondary, it's really easy to do that. It's a very accessible price point. You know, we we all share in the royalty. So, anyways, look look forward to that. If you're listening now, go check it out in the queue and get a sense of what all is there. The colors are amazing. Big shout out to Jerry's, of course, for partnering with us on this one. Now we did it. This is like the one thing we really had to do was 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 plug the project. Good memory. <laughs> so we did our favorites. We plugged the project. We're doing a slight variation this week in our general project discussion section. We, we talked about this a little offline. The way that we're going to do it now, at least as an experiment, is doing like the quote unquote top five of the week. Our top five. Our top of. five, but it's going to be largely informed by like the artists mm -hmm. and maybe the secondary market volume and just like, yeah, holistically, what are the top five projects of the week? But then we're of course not going to ignore the other stuff. So we're after we do this top five, we're going to have kind of like our shout outs where we might do a more abbreviated conversation of them, but all the stuff will be in the notes. So we're still going to be here documenting like a lot of the great stuff that released this week, but in an effort to condense and, and have up. more format to the show. Yeah. We're going to do this like experiment with this maybe for a couple episodes of the top five and let us know if you, if you like this idea or not. And for now, I think the top five is not going to be in any particular order. It's just going to be in the order that we talk about things. Yeah, um, exactly. If people want hard rankings, we could consider that. But uh, I don't know. I don't like things that are dogmatic and like. No, no. I think you know it's already 
so it's already like weird enough yeah it's already subjective enough just like saying these are the quote-unquote top five so but we we end up usually talking about only five to seven a week and then rushing through a few more we didn't get to so i think here hopefully this will help us aggregate five that i think the community will expect us to talk about to some degree and that we feel are important to talk about in the show but then we'll still allot ourselves some time at the end to talk about projects that we really liked or were interesting or flashed for a moment on the secondary and Anyways, enough enough talking about what we're going to talk about. Let's actually talk about it. And All where right. would you like to start, Trinity? The first big project of the week is, I think, you know, one of the ones that we had talked about last week a little bit and tried to, you know, tease a little bit, make our predictions on. And that is Planet Error, which is the collaboration between Ipsketch and Peter Pasma that we had been waiting on for months and months and months. This was a very modest 300 editions with a Dutch auction that started at 300, went all the way down to 100, which is where I believe it minted out at the most part. And yeah, what what to say about it? I think it went really fast at 100. I missed the mint, unfortunately. I was watching it. The Dutch auction actually started at 9.99. Oh, <laughs> 9.99. Even, even okay. higher. And I think it was around 300, or maybe even the tier below. We did see some people, um, in particular, one collector, Seth. Seth has gone heavy on some of these collaborations in the past, like. Yeah, I, I haven't looked into their wallet, but Seth and a few other collectors started getting in above the bottom tier. I think they really decided they wanted to have multiples of this. And, you know, that's this, the approach I've advocated for, right? Like just go in before the bottom tier if you want multiples guaranteed. But yeah, this started minting out at 140 and then it was like one or two blocks at 100 to finish it off because there was only 300. There, there was no reserves. I think it's interesting that this is like so full circle for us, right? Because Peter talked about this a little bit in our interview with him and, you know, mentioned, I think in a way, like what he does and what Ipsketch does and like trying to find, he didn't really say it was trouble, but he was saying it was like difficult mm-hmm. to try to figure out what to do. And I, I think what they did here actually makes a lot of sense uh, in terms of taking like Peter's use of shaders, like this thing loads crazy fast, unlike a lot of projects in FX hash, like, and then taking like Ipsketch's eye for patterns and construction and color. So I think the effect is really great. I think it is like truly a collaboration where they've merged styles versus taking two things that and just like mashing them together. But what what do you, how do you feel about it? I actually really like this drop quite a bit. And I know that there are some people who are not as much of fans, but I think that there's like this sort of like semi-photorealism to the way that the uh the structures are created and especially with like this really seamless way in fact that like the ipscap textures are placed on top and the patterns like it's bonkers to me to think how like this was done and so that's where part of the magic is trying to understand like i know that i have no idea how this was made it's just crazy to see how detailed and how like responsive and how fast this is it's a technical marvel to me. And I also really like the way it looks, you know, for the aforementioned, like it's an abstracted photorealistic view. It is like a camera taking a picture above an actual three-dimensional object to speak to the market for it. You know, clearly it's like well under mint now. The floor is 64 as of this recording. Mm-hmm. We've seen pieces going below floor on offer and just kind of, you know, a few times some people have swept it in the 70s. I kind of wonder if the nuance of the variation here gets a little lost like there are a few pieces that really stand out to me and that feel different and i kind of wish there was like more of those in here especially Mm -hmm. ones like that are for sale like number 49 where you kind of see the horizon up in the corner there and you can tell that this is a fully 
three-dimensional object or number 218, which finds a section that's actually kind of like flat and has more indentations versus pieces that are arising out to create that that texture and that the shadows. Maybe there could have been a little more effort to put in those outlier pieces and make them more common so that there was more visual diversity because sometimes looking at them, especially when you see a few together that have similar colors, yeah. they get a little lost amongst each other. Yeah. I mean, I think like that's something that we talk about sometimes, but you know, it's so rare that we look at things as like a whole collection versus individual pieces that we personally own. And even though I can see what you're saying with like the palettes, like if you see a couple together at the same time, it can feel a little bit weird. But I also find that this is one of those projects where anybody can find anything that they really like because mm-hmm. there's so much like diversity within the application of those palettes. And so, you know, you might see the one that is like, as you said, number like 218, which is like, a deep red with like a deep yellow. I was joking with somebody that it looks like the Maryland flag colors, mm-hmm. you know, and you can see ones, find ones that are like more red skewed or more yellow skewed and they feel really different, even though it might be using like the same palette structure. The one that's the lowest sale right now for 59 is yeah. actually one that I really, really, really enjoyed. I should have picked it up, but they dropped the price again. And it's just like something that's just very spring-like, you know, like the greens, the blues, the whites. Yeah. I am actually a little surprised that it has gone under mint like this because I figured at this low of a quantity, the artist, the collaboration... You know, the level of craft that went into this, that there would be a collector base in here to support it and sweep it up. And, th- and that may still happen, right? It hasn't even been a week yeah. since it's released. I uh, mean, it's been like five days. So it was heavily targeted and flipped. It's still th- like th- uh, 30% listed, which isn't, you know, th- the most. But, you know, we've seen, as you said, um, like uh, Carpe Diem, they went in and did a big sweep um, when it was in the 70s. And, you know, this is something that we just kind of see with Peter's work overall. I think it's just kind of undervalued by the collector community because it is a little bit more out there and I think abstract compared to a lot of like some of like the more mainstream work that comes up into the platform. And it's exhibiting coding skills that aren't apparent to a typical collector. Yeah. So like the fact that this thing is so complex and has all of the, these shadows that render and, and complex lighting and something this complex you might think would have a loading screen attached to it, but it just loads instantly because Peter knows how to do these things with shaders and and leveraging the GPU instead of the CPU and making sure that they just work and work well. Yeah. I mean, it could just be again, the market right now. It could be a little bit of both. Yeah. I really like this one. It's definitely one that I'm going to keep watching. If some of those interesting variants continue to drop, I'll pick them up. Like I would definitely be watching number 218. And if it comes down a little bit more, like that one is just really cool to me. We have offers now. That's true. I could just make an offer, but I need to get some more Tez. So, yeah. um, you know, support us with the Jerez collab <laughs> so I can make offers on Planet Errors. Going back to our predictions, you know, we were wrong, I think. Um, I think we had anticipated this selling out around 140, right? right? And it just went down to the 100. So almost... Not but quite. is that a good segue to talk about the one that we were kind of right on, or at least one of well, us you was? know it, baby. Yeah. <laughs> so should we, let's talk about Turner Light by, I always pronounce it alluv- alluvium. I yeah. kind of take the first V to be a V and the second V to be a U. <laughs> no idea actually how to pronounce this, but alluvium with Turner Light, their first piece 
after the chaos series they did they actually even created a fully new wallet and like account on fx hash to release this so they i guess they really considered this a new chapter in their work it was a dutch auction from 256 down to 66 and i thought it was going to go out at 256 and it did yeah you were right you were right i was wrong i think you were correcting a lot of your assumptions which is like the market right now is just not supporting Dutch auctions to go out like this. And 256 is a lot to ask in this current era. But man. <laughs> like, it was a fast sale. And it was like 256 with some amounts of gas for the like the latter half, right? I saw people talking about gas in the first half. I watched it from uh, Netlify and saw it moving about 10 to 15% a block. And Looking at the timer, I was like, oh, this is going to finish at 256. So after watching a couple blocks, I just put in a transaction with no gas. It took a few blocks to resolve, but I did actually get through with no gas. Do you love it? I think they're so cool. I think they're amazing. I mean, this is one of the reasons I thought that they were going to go out at the top tier because just looking at this, and I think this is another one that you could almost make a little bit of that anti-cyclone Mapan connection to in just the beauty of the construction and the texture and the watercolor mm -hmm. like nature of it. And it feels so outside of what generative art can do. It feels so organic. You know, a lot of pieces that even have an organic feel, you can connect them to nature because nature is very fractal in a lot of ways. Right. And like, well, fractal stuff is actually really not trivial, but it's something that code is really good at executing is coming up with complex fractals that can duplicate nature. But this, I feel like is organic in a totally different way. It's like organic in the way of like, human creativity and the mm -hmm. ability to create brushstrokes. And so I kind of can't even fathom how code comes up with a lot of the small details and stuff that are in here. Like to me, this is actually like, this is the type of generative work that I love the most. My favorite generative art piece of all time is probably Meridian, you know, with all of its, you know, its textures, its floats. And, you know, it's also very much more in the naturalistic world, which this is as well. And I think it hits that same happy place, I would say. Like, as you said, it's a really nice evolution from the work on chaos research. I would be surprised if it's, I wouldn't be surprised if it's like totally brand new, doesn't use anything from the chaos series at all. Yeah, no, I agree. It's crazy. And I have no idea how it's generated, the type of algorithm that it's based on. I think Anaglyphic was like linking something to, you know, like where this is comes from within the coding world. But we need more of that. <laughs> It almost doesn't even matter to me. No, <laughs> it doesn't just, matter. Everything is based off of something in computer science, right? I just linked you the one that I minted, number mm -hmm. 268. For me, it's doing kind of like Monet, water lily stuff in terms of like the color and some of the composition, but it's also doing cellular, like looking under a microscope and seeing a million little amoebas and like mm -hmm. larger structures and just so much of the detail. It's just wild to look at these and... That's, the, I think, the common theme we've seen in the reception you know, from people on Twitter or in Discord, which is just like, I can't find one that I don't like as I yeah. look at them. Like, If you're willing to open one up and look at all the detail, it just really blows your mind. The one that you have that gets into the really the microscopic granular detail that I don't think all of them that I've seen do that. It also kind of reminds me a little bit of like what you said about looking under a microscope, like especially at like things that are more like plant-based for yours. It also reminds me of like doing that homemade ink paper thing where you like swirl a bunch of inks together. 
and just let it like do its own organic natural thing. You lay a piece of paper on top of the ink. Oh, and then it absorbs it. Pull it through the ink, right? And like it creates those. You can layer it, either put it on top or you can pull it through. And it just creates those really fun organic shapes and looks. And I think this is just one that maybe it's just pleasing to people, if you know what I mean. Humans are hardwired to love like the organic stuff. I'm just looking, I, I'm just looking at some of these now and opening them up more. And it's like some there is so much diversity. Like here's here's one that I opened and I expected to not see that kind of cellular thing, like the microscopic thing. But when you open it up, there is just so much small detail in these. And I also see, you know, I, I think you can make comparison. Like you can only make good comparisons. You know, I think mm-hmm. there's some of these you can really make an anti-cyclone comparison to in the way that it's kind of like breaking up the image and tiling it in a way that's kind of further abstracting it. But then I'm also kind of seeing some that really give me like a Qbibi vibe, mm-hmm. who's kind of the biggest off-platform darling that I think everyone in FX Hash talks about. <laughs> and has a drop coming to FX Hash in the future, allegedly. So they, but I, I've heard that rumor for a long time. I've yeah. heard that rumor for months. It takes a long time to make something, something great. Come on. That's true. And it seems like they're very, um, very particular in what they even curate and put up. And they're known to sometimes put a drop up. And then burn it, change their mind before opening it up for minting on um, object. Mm-hmm. But I, I do get a lot of that same kind of thing that I think people like from QBibi, which is like how organic and how kind of like you can't really imagine that code makes it. Like I get that from this release. Yeah. So I actually listed mine briefly. I thought this was going to run. And I was like, you know what? I need to make a play to get some Tez. I threw it up for like 1200 as a basically, you know, shamelessly a Zancan bait because mine's very green <laughs> and it didn't move. And then I just kind of changed my mind on it yeah. too. Like I just want to keep it. And uh sounds like there's going to be some reserve list and maybe airdrops and stuff coming to holders of this. It's kind of like a new, new era now after the, the chaos stuff. And so, yeah, I'm just going to hold it and ride it out and enjoy it. And this was a piece that even got praised from Cyphered. On Twitter, yeah. um, he said, there are, quote, there are many small details inspired by how light transports when observing microorganisms through a microscope. This is far from easy to achieve, and I believe Olovian spent a lot of time to create those tiny yet so important imperfections. So coming from the man himself. The big man upstairs. <laughs> imagine if he stopped pinning everything, we would just be crying. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that is a whole other thing we haven't gotten into yet, and I would love to talk to someone maybe Art Gnome, if he would uh, slum it down here in the podcast with us about this whole idea of backing up your NFTs and like what even that is, because I still don't fully understand (laughs) what that service is. And I would guess a lot of people don't outside of the fact that he tweets about it a lot. And that you should do it. It's like one of those things. You should do it. You should save like 10 to 20% of your paycheck. You should. You should. But like when you're like 22 and you have your first job out of college, like do you necessarily... Not always. No. Sometimes you literally can't do that for yes. because of That's loans true. and rent. <laughs> so I, I think we did that justice. So you did you miss this one? Did you intend to mint it, but it didn't go low enough? Are you considering getting one? I knew I was going to miss this. I was at a two-year-old's birthday party. You know, I resigned myself to you know having fun with toddlers and watching them blow bubbles and spill the bubbles all over the ground, which is equally, if not more, rewarding. Mm-hmm. But you know, even just from a quick market perspective, you know, I'm still shocked that it's maintaining the floor it has. 
given that it's almost 50% listed. Yeah. Uh, it was so heavily targeted and flipped, but people just aren't lowering the price. I mean, if anything, the median price has increased. Uh, it was like 770 over the last week. It's now crept up to 780 And so maybe it's just people list, like you listing opportunistically high without expectations to sell. Of course, always not financial advice, but I, if I had to pick a drop like from this week that would go to 1,000 plus by the end of the year, this would be the one. I would pick yeah. like hands down, even from like this month or obviously some drops that came out already have kind of hit that mark this year. So I won't say this year, but yeah. this feels like um, I would not be flooring this piece unless I really yeah. needed immediate returns. Yeah. And when you look at the people who are listing at like the lowest, none of the like the typical flipper names are in there. And so it sounds like they've already gotten out or they didn't get in. But would you consider getting one? I would consider putting offers on one, like, I don't know, like, would you rather have this or like part of a contra under the assumption that if you didn't have any contras? Have this or save for a contra, you mean? Yeah. Or a loom or I don't know. I could see speculating on one of these in a medium term time frame converting into that objective more easily than just like saving Tez because the That's Tez itself true. just sits and won't. It'll accumulate very, very passively through baking, but it's not going to 3x itself like like this potentially could do. My other quick last question to you is, is this a candidate for printing and putting on your wall? I haven't even sat down with Mrs. Pop and shown it to her, but I love it. And I think she would like the colors of the one I got. I would totally print it. I think the question I have is like, it does change in, um, mm-hmm. it's like dynamically changes based on the canvas and like the way you render it? I don't think it dynamically changes. I think it just, like, it's the same look. I, I think it's just a crop. Oh, yeah, you're right. It is a crop. So I would need to see, and I wonder if he has, I'm sure he has instructions somewhere on how to get a high-res file, but I would love to see how big I can print it, but I totally would print this one. It's it's fantastic. If I print it, though, I probably would then would never sell it. <laughs> so yeah. I have to make that decision in my head. It's very nice. But anyway... Time cop here. Yeah, let's keep going. We're halfway through. Yeah, what's the next one on the list, Trinity? So the next one on the list is Alleles by Studio Yorktown. 384 editions, a flat 16 Tez. And, you know, this was their follow-up after like banger after banger of Sabler, which was a slow to grow. And then Tesseract, which was just insane, really fast mint out. Instant hit. Instant hit, Yeah. And alleles is something that's completely different. It's really, you know, still working with Bruce's background within graphic design, where it's just very pleasing to look at in terms of structure, shapes, colors. And even to the point where when you look at like individual blocks that compose it, sometimes you can still see like the little lines that make it up. And so it's like those tiny, tiny, tiny imperfections, but like obviously planned imperfections that just give it a very human feel. Yeah, I think he did say that this is one that if you, there is texture here, even if it's not apparent and it's worth zooming in on and inspecting the details. So this is essentially a project that is, you know, baked within simplicity. You know, the alleles is a term that we get from genetics. It's like the different parts of the genes. I remember in like genetics class in high school having to go through and like here's like all of your alleles, map them together, like find the ones that look the same and put them on the right chromosome, which was fun. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so it's 
a bunch of blocks that are like kind of self-organizing, um, like really simplistic, you know? I'll say this is like not my favorite drop of the week. There are some variations in here that I quite like, and there's some that I don't like very much. But this project made me think to when we talked to Ana Lucia and mm-hmm. talking to her about color and how she was saying like, you know, she uses a lot of color in her palettes, but they're not always equally distributed. Mm-hmm. And I, I saw a lot of that philosophy in here of some of the more colorful ones. It's, it's more apparent of like using one color that maybe is selected 60% of the time and other colors that are used more sparingly to like accent and some colors that are used really scarcely because you just don't want a lot of them in there, but you do want a tiny little hint of them. And like, so I see a lot of that design in these, which I really appreciate. Some of them even can look a little contrapuntos, like the ones that have the longer, like I'm looking at number 87 and this looks like Mm -hmm. a squished (laughs) contrapuntos in a way. But then some of them just come off as just too truly random feeling to me. And those are the ones that I kind of like when I was flipping through the project initially and thinking about minting it, that just kind of like put me off of it. I think it's cool that he did this at, at like 16 Tez, kind of like it's a little bit of a statement from the artist that this is more of an experiment, maybe um, an acknowledgement that maybe some outputs are going to be more desirable than others. Or he listens to the podcast and knew that Dutch auctions are not the way to go right now. Having yeah, a slightly lower priced fixed cost is going to just be much better in the short term. Yeah. I mean, one of the favorite things that I'm doing now is just going through the palettes and exactly as you said, selecting a one palette. Like if you just, the first one is 2D. And if you scroll through 2D, like there's pieces that I would be like, these are different palettes or like these don't look mm-hmm. anything alike. And it's still like leveraging the same base colors. Like some of the, especially the ones that are like really heavy on the greens. Cause in many of the other ones, green is absent or like barely there at all. Yeah. It's, 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 it's wild. There are certainly like individual outputs that I do like, like I'm looking at number 256 here. This is one I really, really like as well. And that's also a 2D. 2D is a common palette, 63%. So yeah. that must be a very diverse wide set <laughs> of choices. I see that what you sent me here, these are all 2D palettes. Um, yeah. and they can look very different, but there's also a trait here called like gene status. So maybe there's a, a rare instance that these can get mutated and that's what causes them to shift. I don't know. But yeah, so it sounds like you really like this one. Um, I actually, I, this is the first time I've really truly looked at it again. I missed mint and it went up pretty high on secondary for a brief amount of time. I think it's one of the ones that, you know, as you spend more time with it, it is rewarding. I don't love it as much as I like some of the other work by uh, Studio Yorktown. Tesseract and Sable are just really nice, but you know, it's still like the an amazing execution, you know, just in terms of the variety, the colors. And I think that Studio Yorktown, as I said before, Studio Yorktown's um background and graphic design, you know, it really shows through because like everything is done with like the utmost taste. There's certainly a, a confidence to this, you know, to release this and kind of let it rip that I admire, even if there are individual outputs that I really would not have liked to get. That's the beauty of a uh, long form gen art, right? There's something for everybody. Yeah. Maybe some people really like the more random ones that I don't like. Who, who's to say? Cool. So that was Alil's Studio Yorktown. We've got two more in our, our top five this week. So let's move on and talk about Bye from Ismahilio. Their first drop in a while. I mean, they had the collaboration they had a piece that felt related to this one in the blind gallery. 
that Kahlo mm-hmm. curated, but I think we ha- this is the first proper Ismahilio drop in quite a while. Yeah, Hybrid Canvas was in February. Wow. Yeah, so that was back in the beta. So I assume he's been heads down working on this, and and it, you know it definitely shows in in the detail and what what came out here. So this was a Dutch auction, three hundred thirteen editions, starting at two fifty six and going down to thirty six. With a couple interesting twists. So if you minted at the top, top tier of 256, you'd be allowed to pick between a signed print from Miss Mahilio or a unique one of one of their minted blueprint. So I assume that means like going to object or making another FX hash piece that would be limited to just the people who mint at that top tier of which there were 25 takers. So I think that this is one where like this project itself is the blueprint. And I haven't actually followed up and done my journalistic due diligence to see what those one of ones look like. But I think it's taking that individual blueprint that you minted and then like completing the structure. And so each person who would choose to get the one of one would have a unique one of one that would then be airdropped to them. Mm-hmm. And that's my understanding at the very least. Regardless, like you're going to get something cool if you mint it at the top, right? There's something yeah. coming. It'll be apparent. The people who get it, I bet, will be really happy. And, and 25 people went in. But then at the same time, at the next level down, which was 192 Tez, you were also eligible for just the one of one piece that you could claim, not the physical mm-hmm. print. So, you know, this is a theme that we talked about, I think, some episodes back of artists kind of playing with Dutch auctions and incentivizing people and giving them like extra stuff for minting out the top tiers. And in this case, it it worked because we had some number of people who went in on both of those tiers and then it kind of hung out for a few and then minted out in a rush at 48. So it definitely helped to stratify like who really, really, really loved this project from the jump and was willing to get in on it versus who was just like, oh yeah, like I like this a lot. I'm not sure if I want the physical component or these one of ones. And I think it's a super cool piece for sure. Have you played with it, let it run and seen what it does? Not at all. What does it do when you let it run? When you let it run, it kind of starts doing these little blippy things. It's not like it changes substantially, but I think it's playing on this kind of alien artifact nature of it. It's not like a massively critical effect, but I think it's just like a nice touch that he added to these to help make them feel more substantial than just like a mm-hmm. flat piece. Well, and that's so. something that we got from Ismahilio in Proxima or from Yasik, either one, where it's just like the really, really subtle movements that just, it's not about the animation. It's not about the movement, but it's just there to help really, it's a value add in my mind in terms of making everything feel a little bit more alive or organic, you know, and that's something that people loved about Proxima with like the little like smoke coming off the top of the smokestack. You know, it's something that Yasik employed in Hollow, for example, with like the birds and the people fading in and out. And it's just so subtle. And I love that it's being used here. This piece can be downloaded at an incredible fidelity. I think it's like an 8,000 by 8,000 PNG you can get. And when you do that and you zoom in and you find all of like the little alien writing that's been designed in the margins and even just kind of like the sheer amount of complexity and detail that went into this, you could tell this would make an amazing print <laughs> when you look at it like that. Like there's a lot, a lot, a lot going on here. And um, this is another piece where I just didn't have really the Tez cushion to mint it at the time, unfortunately. But considering it's still kind of hanging out around that mint price, I think it's 
on my list of ones to go back and find one. It's, it's actually a little bit above. The floor is 62. So, mm-hmm. And it minted out at 48, I believe. 48, right? yeah. So it's doing doing pretty well. It's it's uh, around a third listed, which is standard, I guess, in this time frame. But it's definitely a piece that I'm going to check out. I think the color palettes especially I like because a lot of them feel like they're taken from my favorite Ismahilio drop, Wandering Lines. So yeah. I see a lot of he's, protection there. So. <laughs> yeah, he's really consistent with the use of palettes. And I also like just like how they're so different. Like if you're looking at the... Um, like the sales page sort of from low to high, like number 244 kind of looks like a giant robot to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It has an interesting structure. And then, you know, a little further, like 203, it looks like it has like two discrete structures almost um, mm-hmm. next to each other. So there's, there's a lot of cool stuff going on here. I really, really love the detail, whether he opens up prints through his own service, you know, like he's offering for free to the people at the top tier, like maybe he'll consider opening up prints to people who, buy them later or if prints become available through tender like just the amount of detail here like you can make a really big print if you wanted to and and dig in so awesome drop from him and that brings us to our last and fifth top five drop of the week Uh, again these are not ranked order kinetograms by eric swan and this is a 500 edition 20 tes flat mint that is a follow-up to most recently mer which is my favorite project to say it's just so much fun. I'm probably saying it wrong. And then previously before that, uh, Farb Taylor, which is you know, one of those classics that just you kind of keep seeing at a nice steady floor. An absolute beta classic for sure. Kinetograms, it's, I would say, a bit of a departure from each of these. It's, um, you know, a bunch of like shapes that are emerging. Uh, sometimes they look like they're falling. Sometimes it looks like they're building upon each other. I guess it technically doesn't matter because one of the abilities within this piece is to rotate the canvas. So you can get it from a bunch of different perspectives, right? It tilts and like each of the objects will like slide. So you can kind of build additional streaks and like move the solid looking shapes around. Like you can, you can really, so one that might have a really sparse thumbnail with like two keystrokes and a little bit of weighting can become something that's like far more complex and interesting. Does it have to wait for you to fully render it first? I think it waits so a little bit. So you can kind of watch it do the initial render and wait for it to settle, which can take some time. You know, I, I did see some mm-hmm. people who were like, this takes a lot of time, but you know, that's also, I think supposed to be part of the experience of the piece, but then you, you hit T and it'll, it'll tilt. Unquote, tilt the canvas and things will move. Sometimes it does a very small, subtle tilt. Sometimes it does a bigger tilt. I'm not sure if that's something that's like specific to the token and some maybe don't shift that much at all while some do. I haven't played with all of them, but the ones that I have seem to change pretty well, maybe minus mm-hmm. one. <laughs> yeah. And you got, how many did you mint? I had one reserved, which I think, I assume you did as well. I did. And I minted three others prior to that because it wasn't a crazy, it was like a an expedient mint, but it wasn't like a brutally fast mint. No. And then I even picked up one on the secondary for five total. Oh, wow. You went in. So the three that I minted were like not colorful. I got one that was kind of a a grayscale one, one that was more just stark black and white, and one that was red on white. And then I got one that was um, colors on white, and I wanted one more colors on black, which is what I picked up on the secondary and there was one right on the floor. Yeah. I just wanted to have like a nice diversity of them. 
And I think I technically got lucky, even though these don't have rarity schemes. Like I think I got lucky minting these less colorful ones. They look mm-hmm. less common. And like the monochrome, it's something that people really, I think, go after or certain people really, really go after. But I like this project a lot. Um, I like it more than Murr, maybe not as much as Farb Taylor, but there's so much diversity here. I would say I minted two. Both of them have like more of that like CMKY type feel, mm-hmm. um, like super pal- like super colorful. Like the color palettes really, really remind me of what we saw in Farb Taylor. And I'm happy with them quite a bit. I think it's one of the ones that, again, if it had come out in a better market, it would be doing like super fantastic just because it is so satisfying. Mm-hmm. And it's just so fun and playful. It is really fun to experiment with them. I would bet a lot of people don't know that you can do that. I mean, I mean mm-hmm. clicking through and reading and understanding these tokens is just not something, not a, not a common theme I think we found from the broader collector community, which is why we kind of try to highlight it when we talk about these things when we can. But yeah, like that is, I think, the secret to these because not all of the thumbnails are super impressive. And when you put them all, like when you look at them sometimes in a, in a group, it's kind of hard necessarily to find a standout, but I think that that can be some something, you know, somewhat intentional from the artist here because these are meant to be explored individually with some of the keystroke mm-hmm. components. And that's not what this environment is like. I feel like people who are in this ecosystem, some people really will do that. That is, you said, it's not what this environment ever has been. <laughs> I feel like that. Some stuff people has, will do that. Yeah. Some people will do that, but I think it's often just overlooked or discounted or ignored and like. You know, I, I've even said in the past, right, like we've seen artists who have been like, oh, you don't understand, like you can do this or that. And it's like, if you're an artist and you're planning on a piece really, if that's critical that the person, that the collector like look at it and hit arrows and hit keys and do stuff with it, you just have to round that to a zero in your head as far as the value, because like, there's just not a lot of collectors that are going to do that. They shop on thumbnails. And if they don't see thumbnails that are like utterly breathtaking, like a Turner Light does, then they might just pass before they even click through and bother to read about yeah. it. Like we knew the artist from Farb mm-hmm. Taylor and like had that interest in that level of engagement to go through and look at it. But if someone didn't have that history on the platform and know who Eric was, then they might just look at this and go like, I don't get it. It's just like blurry, colorful shapes. <laughs> yeah. You know, so. One of the ones that I have, I'm starting to play with it. And it's one of the ones that really tilts fast. Oh, or cool. tilts extremely. And so like, it's really fun to see it just constantly build upon itself it it is fun there are some people who don't like the interactivity they want to have something that they can print it or put it on their tv you know that's just where you can't do things for everybody but you know i, I again this is just really really nice from yeah, eric like from eric like and murr didn't really hit for either of us right so no. it's not like it doesn't seem like eric's overly concerned about serving the farb Taylor fans necessarily they're just doing their own thing I'm probably, you know, admittedly like overinvested in this piece with five of them, but I just thought they were cool. And I saw like a nice colorful piece from Eric that had this element of interactivity that maybe in the future, like people will come back around to it. Right. So, yeah, you know, if, if I get five of something, I'm almost certainly intending to sell at least one in the future, hopefully to kind of like recoup and average down my cost and the others. So that would be my plan here. But, you know, the floor is at 29. It's going to take time. It's going to take... Mm-hmm more collectors coming in and appreciating these. So Yeah, we'll need Soft City to come through and do their right. Eric Swan Appreciation Week. Yeah. And just like sweep it home and bring more attention. Yeah. And, you know, it's only like just over 25% listed. 
which is really great for these days. And so, you know, I, a lot of these went into the hands of people who love Eric and, you know, I just want to hold the work. Considering it was 500 editions, yeah, that it's that low in listing is, is pretty good. You know, I've seen some people, you know, kind of poo-poo the 20% royalty. It is on the higher end. Oh, true. Um, so you, you do have to sell it quite a bit higher in order to, you know, quote unquote, break even or make profit. But, you know, I think that's something that just you need to take into consideration when you're pricing to sell. Yeah. In transparency, I would be like looking and I probably should just list one, right? Or two to be listed, but I'd be probably putting them in the 80 to 100 range because like I wouldn't really want to sell them for less and I'd rather just keep them if they're never going to hit there. So that's kind of like where I'd be looking to take like that first tier. And then if they really blow up, I would maybe consider, you know, into the 200 plus range, I would consider listing one more, but I'm almost certainly going to hold two or three of them just to have. Just over an hour in, we've wrapped up our big projects of the week. And yeah, next is just some of the shout outs. I don't know how much we'll talk about them. There are a yeah. lot here. We're about to find out how much we talk about them. So why don't, <laughs> why don't you go first? You put this one on here. The first one that I wanted to do a quick shout out for is Identity Layer by Victor Duvall. Victor is somebody that we've you know, seen a few projects from in the past. You know, The place where we were, I think, is like the first really big one. And Golden Walk was another nice looking one. Identity Layer is still available for five Tez. To me, this is kind of like a stranger in the queue, really awesome work that doesn't seem to kind of have the attention of the broader FX audience, but I think it's really well done, really well made. And I think people should pay more attention to it. Absolutely. Just five Tez. It's on my list to mint actually after this. They're very cool. One of the ones that I want to shout this week, unsurprisingly, and it'll be quick, is Kilt from Flynn's. So another Flynn's drop. Not sure what else is on the horizon for Flynn's. You know, maybe they'll take a little break after this one. They haven't advertised anything, but this is the first one that they did kind of a, a reserve for. You could fill out a form. It was only two Tez. It's already trading into the 20s or 30s. Another excellent variation on the style that they've developed over the last few. And yeah, I'm happy with the one that I minted. Um, I haven't gone in for another one yet. I have so much Flynn stuff as it is, but. I continue to enjoy their work and just wanted to shout out that kilt drop this week. It was awesome. Yeah, I got one. It was great. So the next one that I would like to shout out is Alpinism by Dre. We've seen a few projects from Dre actually, but this is the first one that I really come to my notice. Um, you know, really colorful, like slightly abstracted, like mountainscape of sorts. You know, we talked about um, Meridian before I talked about Meridian and it kind of hits some of the, the same emotional centers for me, just in terms of the abstraction, like the really strong use of lines and colors. And um, it is just one of those primordial pieces that I really enjoy it, you know, still pretty accessible on the secondary at, at 12 Tez. And it's one of those ones where you can go in and find one that you like. So this is one of my more favorite types of landscapes, I would say more on the abstract side. This one is super cool and it may not be accessible for long. I mean, it's the floor is 12 Tez, but there's only 16 listed. So it's getting close to 12, uh, 10%, that 10% mark. It, it could move up pretty quickly into the thirties, forties. And then from there it's like gone. So yeah, great shout out. This one is super cool. I appreciate the diversity in the texture on that. To move on, let's shout out Shattered Obelisk from Oleg Abakshanak. Hell yeah. Who, is a price discussion OG, uh, has been around 
in the community for a long time. Unfortunately, it was kind of gone for a bit during the outbreak of conflict in Ukraine and, and the war there with Russia. He basically had to like escape and flee Belarus, flee Belarus get, uh, to avoid conscription. And um, so Oleg's not been making art, you know, obviously has had other things on his mind, but finally returned. And, and this is just a very, very cool piece. If you read the description, he's been developing his own libraries to create this very nice, like hand-drawn effect that I think plays out super well here. It's beautiful, the work, and I'm excited to see. He said he has not leveraged all of them here, so I expect that we might see more to come. And it's just like a, yeah, a really cool abstract way to take on a landscape and add this kind of like alien feeling element to it. It's it's very evocative and I, I love the colors. and I love the style. So big shout out to Oleg. Welcome back. Love to see it. And this is such a nice piece. It's just, it's so good. It kind of makes me think of, um, you know, like some of the video games that are like really stylized where it's like both incredibly like uh, like animated, but also being flat. And it's just, I don't know. That was a terrible description of what it makes me feel, but it's in there. One of the other ones I would like to call out is Zephyr by Code RGB. This is one of those pseudo slash potentially just definitely a flow field project um, where there are a bunch of, you know, shapes uh, swirling off into fun directions, like a variety of shapes, circles, squares, triangles, um, with some really excellently selected color palettes. To me, this feels like very high taste level, really well done. You know, I know that flow fields aren't for everybody, but I just think that this is really nice. It's one of those ones that if it had come out in like December, it would have just gone through the roof. Yeah. And the choice here to add the the stroke around the shapes as they mm-hmm. draw so that they leave that kind of, you know, more discreet trail of like where they've been really reminds me of some of the earlier 3D manatee stuff too. So there's there's a yeah. le- le- level of, um, it's, hard to, it's hard to believe that you can be nostalgic for something that's not even a year old, but it, it really does give me that nostalgia for when I first started collecting on the platform and yeah. was grabbing stuff from him. And yeah, yes. I like this one. Great shout out. Let's talk about Loomings from Reese. We're going to shout it out. I feel like we've just ignored this one um, and everything that Reese has been doing the last few weeks with their cellular automata inspired work it's really weird it's really cool it's very distinct for the platform even though we see a lot of people play with this motif in their work possibly inspired by rgb but such a unique take here i think that for both of us we just kind of missed minting early on and Mm -hmm. the secondary value on this stuff got so high so fast that it's kind of like we haven't been engaged with it and that's on us but this one in particular is really sick and good job it's recently investing a lot of that tez into art and building a collection for themselves which is awesome to see buying a lot of stuff that i was looking to buy really really solid piece i love it one more shout out that we have listed here is snell's artifacts by sdn so we haven't seen anything from sdn for a little bit i guess we saw a place to live not too many weeks before uh, this is a completely different take you know it's a lot of like fantastic lights and colors kind of shining through things to create this really illuminated feel. I don't know what it specifically evokes in me or, you know, what I think it could be. It's like very galactic. There's this form of texture created with the lights, the refracting through different prisms. And you can really actually just see it come through with like 
rainbows in many cases and just building on top of each other. It's a very cohesive collection. Yeah, it's very cool. I love that the loading screen when you run it actually is a prism. <laughs> yeah. It kind of it kind of tells you like, hey, here's what's going on and it puts into context some more, right? That what you're what you're seeing is kind of like simulated light. So pretty nice. And it had it it had a nice run after it um released too. It minted out pretty quick and got quite a lot of secondary. So great one from Estian. So yeah, that's it. I think that's it. That's everything we wanted to shout out and mention. All of that will be in show notes if you want to explore it more. Is there anything we're looking ahead to? that we can think of other than obviously the Jera's waiting to be signed collaboration. Oh yeah. That's going to be the sickest drop of the week. Just you wait and see in terms of stuff that's coming up, you know, there's the architecture collab that should be coming out with, um, or Kislev. Kislev. Yeah. And that, that'll be coming up next week. Carious by Jeff W, which is the follow-up to balanced. I think this is a cool looking work. Very cool. But it's not next week. It might be the week after it is. In, oh, it's in eight days. Yeah. So it's next week. It'll be after we record our next podcast. I've been looking forward to that one for a while. Finally, we have a release date for it, which is awesome. Looks like it's using a a lot of the same palettes from Balance, but just a totally different execution of balancing something, which I think is really fun. I love that through thread of their work of just things that are could fall over. Yeah. And then we also have some other pseudo drops that are coming out. Um, One will be an interview with AJ Bernie, aka Adam from uh, Tender. We sat down with him uh, a couple of days ago to record an awesome, awesome interview. And that should be coming out later this week. Fingers crossed. It was a really fun conversation. Can't wait for you to hear it. Adam sounds great. He actually has a microphone like we do. So he sounds amazing. It's, It's probably our best sounding interview yet. So at the very least, you have that to look forward to. I know that's what you look forward to. Cool. I think that's it then for this one. We did a great job. Look at us. Just in time for Baby Pop to go to the doctor. Go to the doctor. We got to see how much she weighs. Well, that's it, everyone. Thank you, as always, for listening. Hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you for the donations. We'll see you all again next week. Later.